0: You're listening to
1: WCBN Sports, where Michigan basketball happens. Now it's right off a screen, Douglas, NBA range, three. Stu Douglas, Michigan wow. wins! 18 seconds, the differential between the game and shot clock. Michigan holding a two-point lead, trying to get it three. Oh, back door! Sims! He slams it! Oh, baby! Four-point game, there's still 28 points. Slam it home, Sean! <laughs> Four-point game, 20 seconds still left. Plenty of time for UCLA. Here's Keith top of the key. Holiday in the near quarter. Michigan cannot allow a three here. Holiday, Low baseline. Pass it wildly out of bounds. 14.1 to go. And now Michigan consents it. Long outlet pass into the hands of Collison in the front court. Collison has it. Tough three, partially blocked. Shocker in New York City. Michigan knocks off the number four team of the country. And they'll get Duke tomorrow night for a 2K Sports Classic Championship.
0: Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Grey Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley.
1: And I'm Jim Dwyer shaking off the cold
0: yeah it uh, really changed over the last 24 hours i was sitting at the, the pub last night watching the end of the football game having a couple of cold ones and what do i see but the video of bush and the shoe oh so of course uh, the irish in me had to whip up a limerick on the spot <laughs> so it needs a little polishing but there once was a fella named bush whose presidency had definitely turned into mush. <clears throat> Appearing on stage with a man named Maliki, the thrown shoe clearly was not a Nike, <laughs> since the logo did not have a swoosh. Yeah. <clears throat> well, boy, this is, uh... and that shoe wasn't a Nike, it actually kind of looked like a hush puppy. I give Bush credit. It, it reminded me of a snowball fight. You know, the yeah. way he just sort of looked and then he just sort of dodged it. Like, that's a kind of a slow incoming missile.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm ducking. Yeah. Uh, and I was surprised at how uh, deftly he shifted uh, to miss the trajectory there. But, yeah. uh at the same time, uh, the first thing I thought of uh, when I saw the image was, well, that's a long time coming. Yes. And especially when you think of what the guy said as he flung it, you, think, you have to think that if he'd hit him square on right between the eyes with the shoe, especially knowing that the bottom of the shoe as a sort of a regional insult throughout yeah. the Middle East and Southwest Asia, is like one of the most potent incense that can be... Uh, It's probably akin to our flipping of the the bird as far as the anger and intensity that's associated with it. But if this guy had had managed to clip him right between the eyes with a shoe, ultimately, yes, a personal attack, but a a relatively innocuous gesture given the uh, shocking violence the the United States has perpetrated on the country and the peoples of Iraq – be difficult for me to characterize this as a violent gesture certainly a symbolic one but if i'll continue the point he had hit him right between the eyes this guy would be an international folk hero yeah well he's, regardless of what happened to him immediately thereafter
0: yeah i guess i was on the wrong mic um i was on a dysfunctional mic uh, which describes bush's presidency perfectly but yeah I, well he's, he already is a celebrity in iraq
1: in fact there were Essentially riots today. Uh, Apparently he's a journalist. Yeah. Um, He said, this is a goodbye kiss from the Iraqi people, dog. Clunk. (laughs) And, of course, uh, the shoe
0: in comparison to how many uh, bombs and tons of ordnance that have been dropped on Iraq by uh, Mr. Bush on the Iraqi people. Um, Doesn't compare. Um, So I don't know how long he'll be in the pokey. The second uh, shoe. Fling uh, prompted Maliki to actually put his hand out to try and deflect it, but Bush, I guess, waved off the
1: Secret Service uh, fellow and continued as if nothing had happened. His comment later was, uh, it's like going to a political rally and have people yell at you. I don't know what the guy's cause was. I didn't feel the least bit threatened by it. So I guess his calm demeanor uh, indicates his either his comfort level or perhaps a state of medication, Um, you have to wonder about why he's even there at all. Well, that was the thing. It was a, quote, surprise
0: visit, but why one would want to pay a surprise visit to what is clearly recognized as one of the biggest uh, international catastrophes of the 21st century. Um, You know, Bush wishes the intelligence were better. I guess he said that Mm -hmm. in a recent interview with Charlie Gibson, wishes the intelligence was better. I mean... Gee, they kind of wished the intelligence that they presented to the people into existence. And then, of course, after they thought that uh, Iraq was going to be a mission accomplished, a top Bush administration official made a very famous comment about reality, saying, well, we we create our own reality because we're the the only superpower... um, out there and and of course you know clueless is part of George Bush's final year in office I'm reminded of a Paul Krugman a column earlier this summer in which uh, he was basically uh, responding to the dismal economic record that in fact has just exacerbated itself incredibly in the last several months so in July even Bush said this in response to uh, his economic record he said quote I think when people take a look back at this moment in our economic history, they'll recognize that tax cuts work. (laughs) Oh, really? Um, It's a little unclear what's actually working about the infamous Bush tax cuts any more than the Reagan tax cuts. And I would like to uh, recommend to readers um, the holiday edition of the... uh, New York Review of Books. It's got a number of outstanding uh, articles in it. I think. Uh, and interestingly, there's a uh, Gary Wells, uh, Studs Turkell interview, interviewed in the Nation magazine that I actually haven't
1: read yet because I haven't gotten this far into the uh, into the column. It was that uh, something that occurred just before Studs Terkel passed away, or is this a I, think it's, I think it's a repeat. Okay. i I sh- I shouldn't have even mentioned it because I just haven't gotten that
0: far. It into sounds the quite good, though. But it, yeah, it, there's there's a lot of good uh, articles in this particular uh, uh, unit. Uh, the Susan Sontag uh, expose is uh, inter- essay is quite interesting as well. But the Michael T- Tom- Tomaski interview, how historic a victory! On some of the detailed political science is uh, fascinating, but to open up the the piece itself, um, Paul Krugman, who just recently won the uh, Nobel Prize for Economics, who's basically a columnist in the New York Times, and has uh, written a relatively influential book recently called The Conscience of a Liberal, which is a sort of backhanded homage to Barry Goldwater... Uh, anyway, uh, in his column, and he talks about what needs to happen, and that's basically the uh, stimulus pa- package is going to have to be somewhere between $500 billion and $600 billion at a minimum, because he's talking about 4% of GDP, um, comparing the Swedish crisis and uh, Japan's uh, housing problems in the late 90s. But uh, one of the amusing things, of course, is the As he puts it, um, it's very hard to see how any quick economic recovery will work unless an unexpected new bubble arises to replace the housing bubble. A headline in the satirical newspaper, The Onion, captured the problem perfectly. Recession-plagued nation demands new bubble to invest in. (laughs) Which, you know, sums it up perfectly. And, of course, over the week, we saw a... uh, Ponzi scheme in, in uh, New York involving a, a guy named Madoff. Uh-huh. I thought, Madoff, what a perfect name for a, a rip-off artist. It should be Madoff. And this guy's apparently bulked with... I, I heard the sports fellows talking about uh, the free agent signings by the New York Mets. Well, the owner of the New York Mets is apparently one of the victims of this... Mm. Uh, guy's uh, Ponzi scheme that uh, is now rumored to be totaling $50 billion. And we're talking about international banks here. I mean, this, this under normal economic circumstances, would, would cause, I mean, this is going to be the biggest financial fraud scandal in history, um, pending exactly what the heck's been going on at AIG. But um, the reason that I recommend this Tomaski uh, victory is it goes into some of the details about how Obama did uh, nationwide Um, and I mention this only because today he was officially elected by the Electoral College but what I found fascinating in some of the analysis, and he's reviewing a couple of recently published books uh, on uh, voting trends are the details regarding the education and income um, breakdown and I'll just quote uh, from the article, he says, CNN's exit polls, which were conducted in every state, give results in both income and education categories while taking into account the race of respondents. By the way, you can go to that thing with a cnn.com election.208results.poll if you're interested in checking out the actual study. So, for example, among whites making less than 50000 25 percent of the electorate, Obama ran respectably, losing to McCain by just four points, 51 to 47. However, among whites no college, 39 percent of the electorate, McCain won 58 to 40, which may explain why the GOP has steadily been cutting education, you know, nationwide as a federal priority. Reagan wanted to get rid of it as a department. Indeed, entirely. yeah, entirely. Um, Many state budgets have limited education spending in terms of uh, um,
1: increases,
0: uh, you know, linking it to property taxes and cutting where they can.
1: In, in other words, it's suggesting that a, a, an electorate uh, without the proper educational skills and training to discern truth from fiction yeah. might be beneficial to the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah,
0: and of course we saw over yeah. the
1: week you know, with this
0: sort of interesting... <sighs> Situation in Congress in which a clear majority of this Congress wants to bail out, you know, give B- General Motors and right. Chrysler a bridge loan, we saw f- three southern Republican senators, McConnell, Corker, and uh, Shelby, um, apparently eschewing their American flagpins and preferring to pursue the flagpins of the swastika. And I'm Exaggerating just a tad there, but just to inform Corker, Shelby, and McConnell, uh, who seem to be representing Toyota, Volkswagen, Nissan, and BMW, because Honda's based in Ohio, and the Ohio senators, including the Republican, voted for the bailout. He's not an idiot. But just to point out to them, in November, Toyota sales were down which is more than Ford's. They did a little better than GM and much better than Chrysler. Nissan sales were down 42%, worse than GM, a little better than Chrysler, and much worse than Ford. Now, Volkswagen and BMW did a little better, but combined their total auto auto sales in the United States, and it's less than Nissan. They only sell 40,000 units total. And believe it or not, the worst-selling model last month in terms of most popular vehicles was the Toyota Prius. Hmm. Only sold, uh, They didn't even sell 9,000 cars nationwide, and its sales went down 48%. Now, part of that is the response to gasoline. Gas prices have come down. What's the vehicle that's hurt the most? The hybrid Prius. Interesting. But if Corker, Shelby, and McConnell think... Their um, representation of the auto uh, companies out of uh, Germany, Korea, and uh, Japan is somehow going to pay off. They're sadly mistaken. But continuing on with this interesting linkage regarding income and education, uh, Tomaski writes, In Ohio, Obama won whites earning less than 50000 51 to 47. He lost whites without college education by 10 points. In Wisconsin, whose urban and rural districts were more pro-Obama than any of the states outside New England, Obama won non-college whites 52 to 47, almost identical to Ohio, and whites earning under 50000 50, by 60 to 39 percent, which indicates that the poorer um, <laughs> folks in Wisconsin are a little brighter than the poorer folks in Ohio. In Alabama, where Obama spent virtually no time or resources, he lost whites under $50,000 by 87 to 11%, and non college whites 90 to 9%. What state is that? Alabama, the state of Mr. Shelby. Mm -hmm. So
1: that's clearly an indication of some racial bias. Um, well, the, the socialism epithet hurts there, too, because the yeah. uh, these senators who are speaking out for these foreign automakers are really speaking out against the unions. Yeah. And those are so-called right-to-work states uh, where labor organizing is uh, difficult to impossible.
0: And, of course, a, a recent uh, email that circulated in Republican circles regarding this debate uh, has specifically said this is our... F- First chance to get back at the unions. Well, just to inform Corker, Shelby, and McConnell, which uh, maybe should be re-employed in a Three Stooges... Sounds like a comedy uh, group, group, right? You know, uh, Mm. Do We Cheat Him and how? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's uh, actually the Marx Brothers, but I think it might have been the Three Stooges as well. That's a legendary law firm. So, yeah, it sounds like a law firm. They better, uh, like, pay attention to what the heck's going on. Um, Sweden uh, has just pledged $3 billion for Saab, a uh, vehicle unit, by the way, that General Motors owns, majority stake in, is actually trying to sell to raise cash. Maybe the Swedish government can buy Saab from General Motors to give them some cash. The European Union is contemplating $50 billion of bailout money for the, quote, auto companies. And, of course, the debate... Is focused on the workers making too much money, where Corker is actually negotiating pay cuts for union workers that work in Michigan, right. claiming that they don't make as much money as the people down in his state, Tennessee, and of course this all turns out to be a bit of a fiction, because under recent contract negotiations, uh, new hires uh, in, in some of the Michigan plants are only making $14 right. an hour, and they've taken huge cuts and other benefits this is of course about the legacy problems where for general motors just to focus on them because i frankly don't believe chrysler does deserve a bailout they don't make anything worth buying they don't they you know something like 50 percent of their cars uh vehicle sales are pretty much jeeps and pickup trucks and they they sell muscle cars i don't even know if they have a fuel efficient car out there Ford and General Motors have reorganized their their companies. So this idea that they need to reorganize—they've been reorganizing. This is not a reorganization problem. This is a financial cash flow problem that's connected to the entire capital system. Right. You know the the tax cuts work. Uh, Bush's famous comment praising his historical legacy back in July. I think when people take a look. Back at this moment in our economic history, they'll recognize that tax cuts work. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and just exactly when are they going to recognize this? Um, so, yeah, this is just fascinating rubbish. And of course, you know, we, ju- we find out over the weekend in a front page story uh, based on a report uh, regarding Iraq, um, regarding the reconstruction of Iraq. Somehow I'm misplaced the front of this article, but uh, it's in the Sunday edition and it's it's just a fascinating thing about how a hundred billion dollars was squandered uh, on building projects um, and that um, for instance, the report um, is an untitled Report uh, compiled by the Office of Special Inspector General for Iraq Reconstruction, led by Stuart Bowen, a Republican lawyer, titled Hard Lessons, the Iraq Reconstruction Experience. It's a 500-page document that sounds a little bit like a mini version of the Pentagon Papers. And in the preface, according to the authors, whose names I'll find in a second, wrote... uh, Uh, He he has a Syrian critique of what he calls the blinkered and disjointed pre-war planning for Iraq's reconstruction and the botched expansion of the program from a modest initiative to improve Iraqi services to a multi-billion dollar enterprise. Mr. Bowen also swipes at endless revisions and reversals of the program, which at various times gyrated from focus on the construction projects led by large Western contractors to, mo- uh, to the modest-based, community-based initiatives that would be carried out by local Iraqis. Corker, Shelby, and McConnell uh, have seem to have no problems with uh, the money <laughs> that's being poured down the rat hole in Iraq.
1: And while we've debated this, all of which by the way is supported by the taxes that come from the citizens who earn the incomes now diminished but not quite diminished enough uh, as far as these uh, southern senators are concerned i mean it's it's fairly amazing to see uh, a us senator stand up and say that american workers make too much money i mean wh- isn't that the american dream right to- have a job that's a good job with some security and yeah. some benefits you can support and, and you know afford to raise an educated family. W- what are you guys talking about here? We're scratching all that? It's, it's crazy talk.
0: It's crazy talk. And let's remember, as has been pointed out in this debate that's gone on now for over a month, and in that month we've spent $10 billion in Iraq uh, pouring uh, good money after bad. Still no signs of leaving. In fact, the top general over the weekend, Ordierno, is uh, recommending that uh, troops should uh, stay in support roles beyond the summer of 2009. By the way, the uh, authors of that uh, report, James Glanz and T. Christian Miller, um, a 513-page federal history and the uh, failure of the $100 billion um, in terms of, quote, Bureaucratic turf wars, spiraling violence, and ignorance of the basic elements of Iraqi society and infrastructure. Yeah. Maybe Corker and uh, Shelby and McConnell can go over there and negotiate some union contracts (laughs) with the Maliki morass of fools and contractors that don't seem to be doing the job. Let's remember there's 6,300 auto-related car part companies. GM goes under, they all go under, including Japan, Toyota. And, and, and you know, if, if these sales from, from uh, November, by the way, are very comparable to the October sales for the foreign auto companies. And I'm not knocking the foreign auto companies. We've discussed this in the past. There are good reasons to buy Japanese and German cars for other reasons, but it's going to cost you more money. The Prius costs plenty of money. That is a pure imported car. That car is not made in America. You have to import it from Japan. You pay more for that car. And hence, uh, the Prius sales in November are not even 9,000 units, whereas the Ford F50 series sold almost 40,000 units. Um, Steel companies will be affected. Rubber tire companies Electrical components. Electrical components, engineering, aluminum, you name it. You know, okay, maybe this notion that one out of ten jobs in America is dependent on autos is, is an overstatement, but it's a lot of jobs. And this doesn't strike me as a very good time to be cutting jobs. And if you can believe how dumb these guys are, Corker, McConnell, and Shelby, even Dick Cheney. Said in negotiations at the White House, we got to bail these guys out, or we'll go the our party will go the way of Herbert Hoover. They heard of that guy.
1: <laughs> he's he's coming late to that realization, but he's at least still ahead of a. Uh, I'll say it again: Corker, McConnell, and Shelby. Yeah, and because it's quite a triumvirate of uh, stoogery, stoogery, and just amazing. R- nonsense that's
0: p- promulgated by the media. They were calling Shelby a man of principle because Shelby went on and said, oh, yeah, well, I, when I, when I was in Congress my first year. I vote against Chrysler Bar- Bailout. Well, what he didn't tell Americans was that he was a Democrat back then. He, this guy is such an opportunistic clown that he's the guy that switched parties two days after the Newt Gingrich takeover in 94. He was a Democrat when they were in the majority in the Senate uh, in uh, the late 80s and early 90s. And then when it was convenient to, to switch parties, he did so. So he's just a yellow-bellied tap sucker. Hillbilly. He's a hater. And apparently he hates American workers. It's incredible. But he'll wear a flag pen and tell us uh, that we have to win in Iraq.
1: Well... And speaking of Iraq uh, and money spent there and uh, American jobs, the uh, ex-Blackwater guards being charged for manslaughter, one has uh, apparently uh, pleaded guilty to uh, voluntary manslaughter and attempted manslaughter, and it'll be his account that federal authorities will be using to provide uh, an account of the shooting uh, for its part. Blackwater, which once enjoyed uh, immunity, mm-hmm. as though they were U.S. government forces. I mean, that's shocking that it uh, end up seen that such a thing was ever allowed to occur. Essentially, mercenaries with immunity. That's the ethical and moral legacy of the Bush administration. Well, when uh, one too many accidents and uh, slaughters of civilians uh, had that. Uh, policy of immunity sort of dry up a little bit on them. Uh, Blackwater itself responding to the uh, charges leveled at uh, ex guards uh, are as follows. Um, Because of misguided assumptions and generalizations that surrounded this unfortunate incident in which 17 uh, Iraqis were killed, um, our work has been mischaracterized and all of our personnel unfairly maligned. They went on to say that they were extremely disappointed and surprised to learn of mister Jeremy Ridgway's confession. He's the one who pled guilty. And um And incidentally seven- I'm sure they were extremely disappointed. I can't yeah. imagine they were very surprised. Uh perhaps that he pled guilty, but they can't be surprised about the goings-on. And, and and how ironic
0: that 17, you know, was the number that I heard today about the number of Iraqis that died in response to the rioting that's
1: occurring because of the journalist that's in jail because hmm. of the shoe. Um, you know, Bush should have just stood firm and taken it, you know, like like a tough guy. Yeah. And said, well, okay. You know, Henry the Second walked a gauntlet when his men killed... Uh, Thomas A. Beckett, Archbishop of Canterbury. It's been a long time since we've seen a high political figure, you know, accept and acknowledge blame in such a way. Uh, He he really should have stood firm and taken that shoe. Wouldn't hurt him much, because like I said, it it looked kind of... He
0: has no shame. Looked like a hush puppy to me. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a boot. (laughs) And Uh, it wasn't a missile, or a bomb, or a... Well, we don't even want to contemplate how many bombs and missiles have been dropped on Iraq. You know, I heard some criticism last week about how um, it's the survivors of war that, that really are affected. Indeed, yeah. And uh, the American supporters of the Iraq war, and the, their their numbers continue to dwindle, just don't get it. I mean, you know, 2 million refugees, 100... 50 to 400,000 dead, um, affecting Syria and Jordan and
1: even Iran with refugees. Um, well, and the you know, high numbers of skilled people, the kind of very professionals that you need to help rebuild and help establish a a stable and hopefully democratic government, those are the people who leave first because they have the uh economic wherewithal to do so while they're getting this good. Yeah, it's not the charge of the Light Brigade. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, America's
0: uh, appreciation of war needs to change radically, and hopefully Obama will contribute to that a little bit. Good to see that he did actually name a uh, Nobel scientist as, as in charge of the energy. Um, mm. Stephen Chu um, from, uh, ironically, well, he, he works at Cal Berkeley, but I think he also works at Lawrence Livermore. But he's in serious uh highbrow science investigation and some good left-wing people for the environment. So some of Obama's recent appointments, appointment appointment announcements have definitely improved.
1: Well, you're listening to Grand Matters on WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor. And we'd like to thank en- uh,
0: Andrew for engineering once again this evening. And because I was perhaps on the wrong mic, I'll reread that oh, yes, yes. limerick real quick. Because it was uh, done in uh, the jest of having a few cold ones while watching the end of the football game last night at a local establishment. There once was a fella named Bush whose presidency definitely had turned into mush. Appearing on stage with Maliki, the thrown shoe clearly was not a Nike, since the logo did not have a swoosh. I got to work on the cadence a bit,
1: on that, but you get the idea. It Anyways. captures
0: the moment quite nicely. Stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling coming up next, right here on this fine station.
1: Four hours a day. It's WCBN FM and R.